daydreaming about rustication? Maybe it's time to get serious. This podcast offers food for thought to students who are thinking of suspending their studies but have not taken any practical steps to do so and feel stuck in an in-between place, here but not here, engaged but not engaged. This can be a problematic situation, especially if you're not currently getting much work done. The longer you agonize about the decision, the further behind you fall. Perhaps some part of you is hoping you'll fall so far behind that the decision will, in effect, be made for you. And it is certainly true that as you get further behind, the fantasy of escaping by suspending your studies becomes steadily more seductive and compelling. But is it the right thing to do? Will it help, or will it just make things harder for you in the long run? This podcast won't answer that question for you, but there are three things it will do. First, encourage you to reflect on your motivations, asking yourself what's really driving your desire to take time off. Second, draw your attention to some of the upsides and downsides of taking time off. And third, offer some practical suggestions to reach a sound decision in your own particular circumstances. Some of the content may be more relevant to undergraduates than to graduate students. Of course, there's no guarantee that you'll be granted permission to suspend. There's a widespread myth that one can simply choose to take a break, sometimes referred to by students as self-rustication. The reality is that your college or department is likely to support this course of action only where there's a clear case and after careful consideration. You may need to supply medical evidence if suspension is on grounds of physical or mental health. For this reason, it's a good idea to introduce some reality to your thinking as soon as you can. If the option is off the table, you need to know so you can avoid squandering more time and energy thinking about it. If, on the other hand, the option is the right one, it could be a huge relief to set the process in motion and to know that you're taking this very positive step in response to a difficult, possibly unmanageable, situation. The information on the university's website is a good place to start, and there's a link to the relevant pages for both graduate and undergraduate students in the text version of this podcast. Undergraduates should also consult their colleges. So, why take time off? Reflect for a moment on your motivations, being really clear and specific with yourself about what problem or problems you think would be solved by suspending your studies. Try to think beyond the official reason you might offer for taking time off to work out where the real impetus to think this way is coming from. Some reasons might be very concrete, practical and obvious. Others might be subtler, operating just outside of conscious awareness. This is a private thought process, so try to be honest with yourself about your real reasons, even, or especially, if you're unsure how valid they are. I'll list some possible reasons now. Please listen closely and notice which have resonance for you. Maybe there will be more than one. 
try to pick up everything that's going on. It's important to do this because only if you're clear about the problem you're trying to solve by suspending, that you're in a position to consider whether suspending is the only, or best, way to address that problem. Some reasons. You may feel you're simply not coping at the moment, that you're not in a fit state to do the things required of you. This might be due to exhaustion, illness, or other factors, for example, feeling derailed by some event in your personal life. You may want time to recover, so you're firing on all cylinders again. You may even feel unsafe. If this is the case, it's vital that you let someone else know how you're feeling and enlist their help and support. Perhaps you've experienced a costly setback. You may have lost time due to illness or accident or perhaps to the breakup of a relationship and just feel too far behind to catch up. You may be just generally unhappy with how things are going. Perhaps you have an idea of the Oxford experience you wanted to have and the experience you're actually having doesn't seem to measure up. You feel that if only you could disengage for a while and make a fresh start, things might go better. A specific instance of this is thinking that, perhaps, if you took time out and had an extra year in which to study independently, you'd get a better degree. Perhaps you want to escape from having to meet an impending deadline or sit an imminent exam for which you don't feel adequately prepared. Of course, your motivations may have nothing to do with your academic situation. Perhaps you feel you just can't bear seeing a former boyfriend or girlfriend around college following a breakup. Or you've become disenchanted with your whole friendship group and are yearning to make a fresh start. It may be that there's a crisis unfolding in your life away from Oxford. For example, a serious illness in your family. And part of you feels you ought to be there. Or, in a variation on this theme, someone else in your family feels you ought to be there. There may also be motivations operating at a less conscious level. For example, suspending your studies may feel like a good way, perhaps the only way, to show your parents or others who have unreasonable expectations of you, while being seemingly oblivious to your human needs and feelings, that you are not omnipotent. If you had to suspend your studies, they might realize that sometimes even you fall apart and need care. Another motivation that may operate less consciously is that you may feel you just can't bear the prospect of finishing your degree and facing the next stage of your life. Whether or not you feel academically ready to finish, you may not feel personally ready. Pause for a moment to notice which of the factors I've mentioned have resonance. Notice also whether there's anything else influencing you, anything I haven't mentioned. Perhaps it would be useful to write these down. It will be important to find some way of addressing these problems. The question is whether suspending your studies is the right one. For many, suspension is a good option and represents a compassionate and enlightened response to an otherwise unmanageable situation. Suspending your studies is not failure. It's just a way of stopping the clock 
and opening up some space to face and deal with whatever's getting in the way of your Oxford experience. And if you do take time off, you won't be alone. Last year, around 1,200 students suspended, for a wide variety of reasons and in a wide variety of circumstances. Suspending is a pretty normal thing to do, and this university is wonderfully supportive of students who wish to take time off, generous in making this option available, and, in a whole variety of ways, helpful in making it work. However, it isn't an easy option, and there are some definite downsides. Here are some of them. The discipline it takes to remain committed to academic study when away from Oxford is of a completely different level than when you're here. What you achieve may fall far short of what you imagine you will achieve. Your knowledge may even decay. You may acquire new knowledge on topics you neglected or missed altogether. But while you're doing this, all your existing knowledge will be receding a further year in your memory. Whilst away from Oxford, you may feel forgotten. Forgotten by friends who may mean well, but be too caught in the busyness of Oxford to communicate as much as you would like. And forgotten by tutors. After all, while you're away, you're not technically a student, and their contact with you will be much less. In other respects, too, the year can be a difficult experience. The lack of structure, the risk of becoming isolated, and so on. When you return, you'll rejoin a different year group, possibly at a time of year when it's especially difficult to make new relationships. For example, if you suspend in Hillary term of your final year and rejoin at the beginning of Hillary term in the following year, you may find those around beginning to withdraw from social interactions to prepare for exams. If you leave Oxford in response to fear, you may be at risk of reinforcing that fear. If, for example, you leave in response to fear about having a panic attack in an exam, leaving may just exacerbate that fear and make a panic attack all the more likely. Staying in Oxford and getting some help to engage with and solve the problem may be a better way forward. If there was a fantasy of personal transformation, for example, that you would come back a year later more clear-headed, better able to concentrate, more organized, and so forth, it may turn out to be just that, a fantasy. It may lead to feeling even more pressure than you do now, if, for example, you find yourself in several months' time thinking, I took a year out so that I'd get a first rather than a 2-1, so now I have to get a first, or the whole year will have been wasted, you may feel subject to really intolerable pressure. Whatever your intentions about returning, there's the risk that you may find it too daunting, in which case you could jeopardize your degree. This happens to around 10% of undergraduates who suspend. There may be a host of thorny practical implications. For example, visa implications if you're an international student, and of course, financial implications, losing access to student finance, and finding yourself once again dependent on your own earnings 
or on your parents. If you receive treatment in Oxford for a health problem, suspending your student status and returning home may disrupt that. Services you access through the Disabled Students Allowance, for example, specialist SPLD tuition or specialist mentoring, will be unavailable to you until you return to formal studies. Finally, you may be asked by potential employers to account for the extra year. None of these problems is insurmountable, but it's important to recognize that suspending is not a soft or easy option. If you're going to put yourself through it, you owe it to yourself to be sure that it's the right option for you. How can you do that? Here are a few pieces of advice. If you're feeling hopeless about your academic situation, bear in mind that it's very hard to be sufficiently objective. Get help from a tutor in making a realistic assessment. Make sure that tutor has all the relevant facts. This includes facts about where you stand with your work. Consider putting together a written summary. Rather than just saying, I don't feel I've done enough on paper A, make a list of paper A topics. Note what you've read on each, whether you have good notes, whether you've written an essay, and so on. Make sure your tutor also has the relevant facts about how you're feeling and functioning so that he or she has a realistic sense of how much work you're able to do going forward. If you have an illness which means you can't do more than two or three good hours of work in a day, be clear and explicit about this. Bear in mind that many Oxford students are very good at coming across as self-possessed, composed, articulate and positive, even when on the inside they're feeling desperate, chaotic, out of control. Take the risk of letting your tutor know what's happening on the inside so that he or she can understand your reasons for wanting to suspend. Treat suspension as a real option, never as a soft-focused daydream. Think it through in detail. Where will you go? If you go home, what will it be like there? Not just in the first few days of blissful relief at not having to keep working, but over the long haul. Who will be around to support you? Will you need to get a job? How much time might you realistically spend working? If you expect to perform better when you return, be clear and specific about why. For example, if you take time off to recover from depression, be clear and specific about what you'll do while away to contribute to your recovery. Bring the same seriousness to evaluating the option of staying. You may think you already know everything there is to know about this option. For example, that it means trying to do the impossible, feeling overwhelmed, wishing it would stop. But the option of staying does not have to mean carrying on exactly as you are now. Consider making some radical changes so that staying becomes more viable. For example, dropping extracurricular commitments, negotiating a significant reduction in workload, making more time to look after your mental and physical needs, and getting some support.
In this spirit, look for ways to be kinder to yourself while at university. For example, if you tell yourself you must work every available minute and don't have time to go for a walk or to sleep or to see other people, consider substituting a gentler, more humane regime. But remember, too, that retreating under the duvet and not doing any work at all may not be a kindness. Look for a balance. Try to make your peace with imperfection. Maybe your performance isn't what you'd hoped, but might it nonetheless be good enough? Determine whether any compromise options are available. For example, if you feel you need to be at home because of a family illness, consider whether splitting each week between home and Oxford would be workable. Colleges are often willing to be flexible if there are compelling circumstances and you have a workable plan. If your thinking is based on any assumptions about what others think, for example, what your tutor thinks or what your parents think, check it out with them explicitly. But then remind yourself that what matters most is what you think. It's important to consider the needs and feelings of your future self, not only your present self. There's a theory that we sometimes make bad decisions because we don't actually care how much of a mess we create for our future selves. Try to empathize with your future self and imagine how they might feel about the decision you make now. If you take time off, will they feel grateful to you for taking time off to address a problem? Or will they be cross with you for landing them in a bigger mess? Try to make the decision that's best for your whole self, not just the self you are right now. Whatever you do, don't let yourself daydream about leaving Oxford as a way to avoid work. Weighing up the pros and cons of taking time off is a valid activity, but not when you're meant to be working. Schedule a different time for this, preferably in the daylight hours when you're more anchored in external reality. If the only time you find yourself thinking about suspending is when you're supposed to be working, chances are this is escapist fantasy and not a serious option. If so, take control and stop thinking about it. Sometimes escapist fantasy is harmless, but if the thought that you might imminently be leaving is lulling you into a false belief that the clock is not ticking and you don't need to be actively engaged with your life in Oxford, it could do real damage. Finally, if you've thought about things from all the perspectives I've mentioned and it still feels right to take time off, do it. Take responsibility for making it work. Identify clearly what needs to be different when you come back so that you can reasonably expect to have a better experience. Make a realistic plan and think about who you can enlist to help you stick with the plan. Establish some points at which to check in with tutors. This is a lot to think about and it may feel overwhelming to do this thinking on your own. If so, we encourage you to enlist someone to help you. Talk to someone in your college, your tutor, a member of the welfare team, 
the chaplain, the dean, the nurse, or make an appointment with a counsellor. A one-off appointment is often sufficient. The fact that you've listened to this podcast suggests that something feels very out of control. You may feel you have no good options, but the reality is that you do have options. You're likely to feel much better if you switch out of the passive position of daydreaming about escape, evaluate your options, and commit yourself to making your chosen option work. That concludes this podcast. Thank you for listening.